0: Good. Well, this morning, I'm going to ask you a question you've probably heard many times on a television. What's in your heart? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the television commercial is, what's in your wallet? You know, well, uh, you know, what's in your heart? And if we read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and a self-control or of a sound mind. Now, I was the first part of that. For this reason, I remind you to fan into a flame. Uh, Did you ever see a forge? (laughs) You know, a forge is something that, you know, has air. It's not very big. You know, it's, it depends. There's big ones and little ones, and so. But you say a, a kind of a blacksmith forge, and it's they put coal and something to that effect in it, and then they have a fan. You know, and the westerns they have these big billows. You know, they blow air into them, and it's the air forced into the coal that causes it to get very hot. When I was uh, when we were moving, I I had a number of papers, stacks of papers that I was burning. And I would put them in this um, grill like I had and, and, you know, and, and it had sides on it with a grate around it and you put a lid on it. Well, I'm trying to burn these things and I mean, they're not burning, you know, I just, of course I stacked it full. So I had the bright idea, let's get out the, sn- let's get out the leaf blower. <laughs> so you get out the leaf blower and you shove that thing right in the side and I mean to tell you, it got hot. It even melted the end of the, the uh, leaf blower. <laughs> Well, that's kind of like a forge. So whenever I'm thinking about fanning into a flame, sometimes we think of a little fan. Yeah, let's fan this into a flame now. OK, I'm really excited. It's going to go far. <laughs> but I think of the forge where the, you've got this forced air going in. And if you look, there are those electric blowers. And then there are crank blowers. Well, whatever it is, you want to be fanning the flame. Well. I didn't realize this, but if you're a good person who understands the forge, you are heating it up to different temperatures. And if it's an orange temperature, that's 13 to 1900 degrees. If it's a bright yellow to white, that's, uh, okay, if it's yellow, that's 2,000 degrees. But if it's a bright yellow and white, it's 2,000 to 2,500. That's hot. (laughs) And the reason for it is that you would you can put metal in there and that you can then shape the metal not to make it uh, liquid but you're shaping the metal, softening it so you can beat on it and 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 make it into a shape that is uh, what you want well in this case Paul is uh, telling Timothy that you are to fan into a flame the gift that God has given you now the gift that God has given us, we are fanning it. So it's almost like we have to adapt ourselves to the gift, and the gift is adapting itself to us. So we're both part of this. <laughs> we're both part of what's going on and how that God is going to use us and how that he's going to use his gifts in our life. So he, he, God gave us the Holy Spirit and his spirit, and that spirit is to be part of who we are. It is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It quickens our mortal body. It quickens our, uh, can quicken our thoughts, but it not only is, uh, sometimes we think of it just for the resurrection, but it is for everyday life that the Holy Spirit can quicken us. So, whenever we see that God has given us, he says he's not given us um, a spirit, a, a gave us a spirit not of fear. No, not of fear. Well, we know that fear <laughs> means that we are afraid, and if we are afraid, we're afraid because we're, we are thinking the worst. The, the worst is going to happen. Um, fear is a paralyzer. <laughs> fear causes us to the deer in the headlight thing, you know, it's like they just stand there, well, why don't you move, you know? Can't you see there's a car coming? Yeah, there's a car coming, <laughs> but it doesn't move. So Because the more we, whenever we start to recognize our fears, recognize the things we're afraid of and deal with them, we find that we are able to handle them more easily or more successfully. So fear not only freezes, but we know that fear then can force us to train. You know, whenever you have first responders or firemen or, 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 or doctors in emergency rooms and things like that or, or going, in, you know, going to you know, perform surgeries and things, there's a lot of training that goes on. And so you train, you, you go through all the scenarios that you think that, that, that has happened, and you train yourself, you teach yourself how to deal with these things in, in, in advance. And when I think of the gifts that Paul, that Paul is telling Timothy of, that he's letting him know that you need to deal with the things that you're afraid of. What is it that you're afraid of? And, you know, everybody's different. We all have different experiences. And it's important that we recognize there are things that we don't deal with very well. Okay, what happened? What do we need to do? We need to look at that and sometimes put ourselves in the... Forge and allow the Spirit to work on us to make us more pliable. You know, some of us are stiff necked and rebellious and do things our own way, and, and we know we're right because they're always wrong. <laughs> you know, so, and, and from that perspective, we got it all together, you know. But so we need to look at this and see how that God is going to help us and how that he is going to shape us you know uh i met people that uh they 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 really live in a bubble <laughs> they, they live in a bubble that is so small you wonder how they can breathe in there <laughs> you know everything is everything is beyond their their boundaries you know and then of course there are people who meet me and think that i live in a bubble because their boundaries are so experienced i have a relative who um who for years, he's now retired, but he, he flew the royal family <laughs> all over the world for many years. Um, I, we have another person who is a uh, trainer of pilots and, uh, you know, runs the simulators. And so we find that this one who s- uh, flew the royal family all over the world, he knew the airports, you know, in all the major cities. You know, he knew, you know, had all this you know, intact for him. You know, when the royal family wanted to go to Paris for supper, (laughs) you take them to Paris. You know, so it's just one of those things. So so his bubble, you know, his experiences and how far out they've gone. So in our life, because we push our boundaries, that's not a bad thing. The Bible says for us to take up the stakes of our tent, (laughs) meaning that enlarge your tent, Enlarge your boundaries. Do not allow fear to hem you in. So when we're looking at what God has given to us, there's no fear. (laughs) So for this reason, I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God, which is through the laying on of hands, God gave us a spirit not of fear. So God has given to us a spirit not of fear of fear. False evidence appearing real. (laughs) So, fear and love, excuse me, fear and love, oil and water. (laughs) They don't mix. God loves us, so therefore fear is not to be part of who we are. Not to be part of our lives. Fear blows up the good. (laughs) Uh, Fear causes people to be blind to the truth. You know, you can't talk to a person who's fearful. You can't tell them (laughs) Anything, because they're so afraid they, they don't believe themselves. They don't even believe their own eyes. So fear believes you will lose something you, you have or get something you don't want. <laughs> um, with this COVID, uh, I know of people that have, they, they won't go out of their house. I mean, they will not go out of their house. They, have, they call for their groceries to be delivered. They put them on the back porch. And then they go put on their gloves and their mask, and they go out and get their, their, their groceries off the back porch. They wipe down all of the groceries and bring them into the house, and they have never left for months. And that's their whole life is in their house because they're afraid of going outside. Because if you go outside, you're going to get sick. Now, we need to have a respect for this covid We need to have a a healthy respect for it. If we're going out and we don't, you know, we need to wear the mask and do all the things to protect ourselves, not saying not to do anything. But we find how that fear can be a paralyzer. But fear also can be a motivator. The idea if we do the right things, we will not. You know, we will not get the, you know, the chances of contracting the illness will be very greatly diminished. So we don't have a spirit of fear, but of love and of peace and of a sound mind. So sound mind means being able to make healthy decisions. The second, that we have power. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power. Now power is an unusual word, I think. Power is possessing control. Fear, things are out of control. Power says we are possessing control. That there is an authority, that there's influence, there is physical strength, there is power in this thing. So God has given us power. Hmm. You see, we have the power, the authority of the word of God that gives us stability in our life. So no matter how bad the world is, we know that we are safe in Christ. And, you know, we talked about it this morning that in creation, uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, the earth is groaning, And someday the earth is going to melt and go away. But we don't have to worry about that because we're safe in God's hands and in his presence. And if his spirit dwells in us, we're going to live forever and it's okay. We're going to go through difficulties, but it's okay. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Did you know it takes faith to believe that you can have fear? You have to have faith to believe that everything's going to go wrong. (laughs) You know, and I think sometimes it takes more faith to believe how bad things are going to get than it is to take have faith to believe that it's going to get better. (laughs) Some people are just, you know, It's just terrible. They can't talk without destroying the world and themselves and everybody else. Well, 1 Corinthians 1 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The power of the word, trying to get people to understand what it it means to be a Christian, it appears like foolishness. But see, we're not trying to get people to understand what it means to be a Christian. We're trying to get people to be introduced to Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't understand Christianity. You don't understand forgiveness. You don't understand the power of the word, the strength of the word. So this, just, this isn't positive thinking. This is the power of the word in our life shaping us. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection, over such the second death has no power. So whenever we're thinking of life and eternal life, the second death, everybody dies once. Unless the rapture comes, we can get out of here. But everyone's going to die once. Chances of getting out of this life alive are pretty slim. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Did I tell you a joke about the guy's mother-in-law died over in Israel? Yeah. His mother-in-law died over in Israel. And it was going to cost them, you know, a couple hundred bucks to have her cremated and kept, you know, her body and things and sent home and they would keep her, keep her body in Israel. And he said, it's going to cost you about 20000 to send her home. And he says, well, I think I'm going to send her home. He says, you know, I can't risk it. Over here, some guy came out of the grave, you know, 2,000 years ago. I don't want her coming back. (laughs) No offense to mother-in-laws. No offense, no offense. Uh, I had a great mother-in-law. Just her daughter, I can't. uh, (laughs) I'm blessed, that's it. The third is love. So God has given us power, and and then He's given us the Word, and He's given us love, and we John 3:16 for God so loved that He gave. And it's an agape love, which is a sacrificial love. And then Romans chapter 8 says, What then shall we say of these things? Now, of the things of life, the things of uh, of what uh, of what is going on, the gifts and so on. What shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So whenever we're establishing power, love, you know, we, you know, whenever we have the forge that's fanning the flames and, and making pliable the metal of our lives and the, and the gifts uh, that have been given to us, we find that if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, that's a security. That is a strength that comes. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So you see, it's not wrong to pray for things. He is graciously willing to give us all things. Now, all things can mean many different things to us. You know, many different things to the body of Christ around the world. Some people are praying for water, you know, or food, or... (laughs) help from the covid or you know so everyone has the things that they need or pray for we're different in our culture we have generally have all these things provided but there are things and god says he generously gives us all things who shall bring any charge against god's elect who is going to bring up a charge against you well god has also justified he you have justified In God's eyes, just as if you'd never sinned, you're forgiven. Who is the condemned? (laughs) Condemned? It's Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, he was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. We can't be condemned, for who shall separate us from the love of God? From the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Love. You see how God has brought his love together and works it in our life, and that helps us to be secure. (laughs) Secure in the sense that who can be against us? And who do we need to be afraid of? (laughs) Fear. (laughs) To have fear, to have faith. (laughs) both need for us to believe believe for live with virtue praise think on these things think on the things that are lovely and pure and true and noble honest and good what's in your heart what's in your heart so we're let a man examine himself so we examine our heart we look at it what is it that God's doing These are the gifts that God has given to us to give us strength for the moment and strength for our lifetime. 1 John 2, 5 said, but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. Now, if we were working as a blacksmith or whatever, we'd have the forge all heated up and we'd take the uh, metal and put it into the fire. You know, some of the swords in, uh, like in in, uh, Japan, the, the, you know, the samurai swords and all those types of things. Most of them were lost after the war because they, they were, for whatever reason, they were, cons- they were considered weapons. But at that point in time, they were more heirlooms than whatever. So there were these swords that were hundreds of years old. They just took them all and threw them in the fire and melted them. But these swords were of such quality that they would bend them and bend them and bend them and fold them back into each other and, you know, a thousand times you know so it's like wow and th- so the strength of it was in the perfecting going into the fire bringing it out hammering it out, bending it over hammering put it back in the forge if it takes that for God to to work in metal how long does it take for God to work in our hearts sometimes we have to be we have to face difficulties and face the problem but he tells us the fourth thing is a sound mind God has given us his spirit, which is a sound mind. (laughs) For this reason, I remind you of the fan into flame, the gift that God has given you. God gave us not a spirit of fear, of power, love, and self-control, which is a sound mind. (laughs) I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust soundness in our thoughts. I feel alone. I feel forsaken. I feel like I'm not going to make it. See, that's not what God has told us. You see, we we combat those things with what God has said to us. You know, what do you say? What's in your your mind? (laughs) What's in your wallet? What's in your mind? What are you thinking? And how your thoughts are really part of how strong your spirit is going to be, the strength of God that is going to be in your soul is what you are saying and praying and believing and how that God is going to work in you. Our words, your words, my words, have tremendous power. I will say of the Lord. See? I will say of the Lord. He is my fortress. I will say of the Lord, death has no power over me. I will say of the Lord, I am never alone. I, will, I am never forsaken. I will say of the Lord, he is my strength and my redeemer. You see, I will say of the Lord that he is in control. <laughs> All these things that are going on, no matter what we face, God is there. There's a story. Um, the title of it, Who's Packing Your Parachute? Did you ever read this one? Who's packing your parachute? Charles Plum was a U.S. Navy jet pilot in Vietnam. After 75 combat mission, his plane was destroyed by a surface-to-air missile. Plum ejected and parachuted into the enemy hands. He was captured and spent six years in a communist Vietnamese prison. He survived the ordeal and now lectures on lessons learned from the experience. One day when Plum and his wife were sitting at a restaurant, a man at another table came up to him and said, You're Plum. You flew jet fighters in Vietnam from the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. You were shot down. How in the world did you know that, asked Plum. I packed your parachute, the man replied. Plum grasped in surprise and gratitude. The man pumped his hand and said, I guess it worked. Plum assured him it sure did. If your chute hadn't worked, I wouldn't be here today. Plum couldn't sleep that night thinking about the man. Plum says, I kept wondering what he looked like in a navy uniform. A white hat, a bib on the back, bell bottoms, trousers. I wondered how many times I might have seen him and not even said good morning. How are you? Or anything because you see I was a fighter pilot. And he was just a sailor. Plum thought of the many hours the sailor had spent on a long wooden table in the bowels of the ship, carefully weaving the shrouds and folding the silk of each chute, holding in his hands each time the fate of someone he didn't know. Now Plum asked his audience, Who packs your parachute? Everyone has someone who provides what they need to make it through the day. He also points out the need, many kinds of parachutes. When his plane was shot down over the enemy territory, he needed his physical parachute, his mental parachute, his emotional parachute, and his spiritual parachute. He called all these supports. He called on all these supports before reaching safety. You see, God is making these parachutes for us. We are called upon to wear them, <laughs> to use them. And whenever we find ourselves <laughs> seemingly shot down, we need to recognize that we have this parachute that God has given to us. And it's not a fear, but it's of love and of power and of a self-control or sound mind that we are to be sound in our thinking. This is our, our, our spiritual, physical, mental parachute that God has given to us. So every time we quote the word, every time we read the scriptures, every time we see what God is doing in our life, we are allowing the parachute to take us safely to the ground. And we find that sometimes we don't even need to pull the cord (laughs) because we haven't fallen anywhere. (laughs) We're just standing on the ground. And we find that God is there taking us through these difficulties. And whenever we know we can be saved... We're not afraid, you know? We're not afraid. Why? Because I got this parachute. It's going to carry me to safety should I get knocked out of the plane, you know? It's like the, some of those TV movies. The guy, why should I jump out of a, of a perfectly healthy plane <laughs> that can, that's flying? Why should I jump out <laughs> and see if my parachute works? <laughs> And many, many of them have a backup parachute. <laughs> well, in the same, so, same token, God has given us over and over again not only the main chute, <laughs> his love for us and our salvation, but he's given us all these other backups that tells us we have power and that there is love and that we have a sound mind. So it's important to take inventory Of what God has given us and then what we have been saying. Have we been doubting the guy who packed the parachute? (laughs) Do we doubt that God has saved us? Do we doubt that God has a plan for us? Do we question if we can make it? You see, God has already provided all of this stuff for us. And, and all, you know, the, the, the soundness of our spirit and of our mind is to keep us from jumping out of the airplane. <laughs> but the soundness of our mind tells us these things are already in place. But should it happen, should you be shot down, should these difficulties happen, we have a parachute. And we know that it is there working for us. So even when challenged and obstacles arise, You have to rise up and say, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, I can make it. So every day we let go of the weeds. We let go of the unforgiveness and the bitterness. We let go of the things that are destroying or contaminating our mind. Fan the flame, the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no fear. There is the power of God. The possession, control, having authority, the influence, the power of God, possession, power, influence. The love of God, the agape love that sacrificed himself for us. And the sound mind, the the self-control of our speech, of meaningless words, (laughs) of selfish talk. Sound mind. For this reason, I remind you to fan. I remind you to bellows <laughs> into a flame the gift of God. Bellow, gift of, the gift of God. Through the laying on of hands. For God gave us not of fear, He gave us a spirit that is not of fear. There is not one element of fear in God's love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So we don't have fear. We have power. We have love. We have a sound mind. So what's in your heart? (laughs) What's in our heart? Who packed your parachute? What have you packed in your heart? that will sustain you and keep you, not only today, but tomorrow and throughout eternity. Let us put into our heart the word of God that establishes us and keeps us in our relationship with God. And we never have to be afraid. Amen? Father, we thank you that you have given us these things. And as we find ourselves sometimes in the, in the flames, Some things need to be forged, some things need to be shaped, some things need to be remolded, but God, you are the one who has called us by name, you are the one who holds us in the palm of your hands, and nothing can ever separate us from you. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided for us the parachute. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being here, holding our lives, giving us strength for each day and that we will fan into flame. We will allow the Spirit to speak and we will not be afraid. We will live in the power and the love of your Holy Spirit and God, our mind will be set on your word and self-control. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.